0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If, as the Bible declares, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and some not? You avoid sin, read your Bible, regularly go to church, pray and think you know what faith is all about, yet everyone's prayers for breakthrough, except yours, seem to get answered. If you want to truly understand the system God has set up so your prayers get answered too, you need to hear all eight days of Pastor Ray's life-changing message in this third program of his series on faith entitled, This is What Can Make Your Faith Work. Declaring that faith without action is dead, Pastor lays out the groundwork for putting action to your faith in examples from the life of Abraham and his use of the faith system God had set up that earned him the title, the Father of our faith. Here's today's unique lesson on what will make your faith work too.
1: Verse 21, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to Him, and He was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, and was no, uh, no better, but rather grew worse." When she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except James, Peter, John, and the uh, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he looked, uh, then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement. Wow, that's the word of the Lord. Praise God. So we go back to Verse 21. And we see this, let's just go through the story and I'll give you Pastor Ray's little twist on it and hopefully it'll help you some. But just get a load of this. Jesus crossed over to the other side. He's got a, a great multitude of people that are following him. This ruler, Jairus, comes to him with this pleading for his little, his little girl because his little girl is, is, is dying at the point of death. Now, let's, let's just talk about Jairus for a minute because it says that Jairus was one of the rulers from the synagogue. Now, the rulers of the synagogue were not happy with Jesus, they were not followers of Jesus. They were rejectors of what he was doing. They did not like the, you know, what he was teaching and the things that he was doing. But isn't it interesting that Jairus broke from the pack because he was in the time of his need. And he humbled himself because he was in a point of desperation. It's amazing what desperation will do to a person. <laughs> Uh, Let me give you a word of advice. You don't have to wait for a moment of desperation or some sort of desperation in your life to give your life to Jesus or to to come to Jesus. You can come to him all the time every day of your life. You don't have to wait for desperation or a desperate moment. But Jairus, you know, he had to humble himself. He was in a moment of desperation. But notice that this man, obviously, he must have been paying attention to what Jesus was doing. Because it's interesting? He knew where to go in his time of need. It's amazing who shows up in church in the time of need. They can't see if they keep it going all year round, but they know when they're in time of need, they know where to go. Am I speaking to anybody here today? Am I just... So he knew where to go because he was in desperate need. So he he finds Jesus. and, And notice what Jairus says. Listen to what he says. And he begs him earnestly in verse 23. My little daughter dies or lies at the point of death... Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. And I would imagine that's what got Jesus' attention. He must have turned around and said, wow, I finally found some faith. He's already—he's calling those things that are not as though they were. He said, you just come, lay your hands on her, and she will be healed. He's already got his faith working. He obviously had absolute faith and trust that if Jesus could get to his daughter, that his little daughter would be healed and be set free from this affliction. And Jesus begins to follow him because, you know, he's leading the way because I believe that he sensed faith. And he said, great. So he starts to follow Jairus to his house. Now, all of a sudden, there's this crowd that's thronging him. And this was a huge crowd. I mean, you study this out. We're not talking about 15, 20 people. There could have possibly been hundreds and maybe thousands of people following him in this crowd. So Jairus is leading the way and Jesus is walking down the road. And then all of a sudden... This woman in the crowd who has this issue of blood for 12 years is bleeding and says she's been to every doctor imaginable. She spent all of her money and she's gotten not better, but she's gotten worse. But she heard about Jesus and she said to herself, listen to her faith, if I could only touch, one version says the hem of his garment, this version says if I could only touch his clothes, I would be healed, I would be made well and you know, freed from this affliction. So here, this little woman, let's talk about this little woman. This little woman, first of all, was bleeding from, you know, she was having female bleeding and it was was unclean. She was deemed unclean by the law and really should not have been in public. She could have been in big trouble, even stoned because she was out in public when she was, you know, bleeding from that, in that way. And so, but yet this woman had the audacity of faith to say, I don't care what, the rulers say, I don't care what people say, I don't care what man has to say, I got a problem. I know there's a man named Jesus and he's got the answer. And if I could just lay my hand, notice, notice that she didn't say, if I could get his attention and he could lay hands on me and pray for me for 25 minutes, I would be healed. She, she was expressing her faith. She said, if I just touch the, the hem of his garment, if I but just touch his clothes, I would, I would be healed and freed from this affliction. So now think about this little woman. She's in this crowd. Now, I understand what it is to be on the small side, you know, physically, because I've been small my whole life. So, you know, I was like one of those kids that I was, was the first or the second in the line because I always put the small to the tallest, you know. Even the girls were taller than me. But, um, but I know what it is to be small. And I know that when you're in a crowd of people, small people have a hard time you know, because you get bumped around. People, you know, people are big. And, and you know, you, know you, don't, you just don't have the same kind of stature to move easily through a crowd. And a uh, big person comes, everybody kind of moves away because they hear something big coming. When I walk, when I come in, everybody's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's small. You know, so, so this little woman, she, she's bleeding. She's sick. She's probably not well. She's probably weak. But she said with her mouth, she said, if I only but touch the hem of his garment, if I only but get a touch of his clothes, I would be made whole, healed, and set free from this affliction. This woman had faith operating. She's already declaring it. She already said it. She already pronounced her faith. She said, if I only touch him, I would be healed and made well. So I don't know what she did, but, uh, you know, I would assume she kind of like maybe got on all fours and crawled through their legs because it's a little bit a little bit more room down there on the bottom sometimes than there is on the top. So she probably got down and crawled in between the legs and, and, and she got through to, 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 to Jesus and she touched, just put her finger on the hem of his garment. And with that, Jesus stops. All of a sudden, the Bible says that, before that, it says that she felt that something had happened to her body. She felt power go into her body. She felt, we understand it, those of us have been around, them, she felt the anointing go in her and she felt well all of a sudden it was instantaneous so she does that and and she feels a jolt go into her whatever it was and she realizes that her body healed. remember what she said, she said if i only touch the hem of his garment i would be made whole i would be made well you see faith declares a thing before it actually sees it faith has to make its declaration before it becomes a reality in your life Declare a thing, the Bible says. Declare a thing, and it will be established for you. This little woman, I don't know if she knew what she was doing, but she was declaring exactly the outcome of her life. If I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. She touches, power goes into her. The sickness is broken. She knows it, and Jesus knows that something just happened. So Jesus stops. Now remember, hundreds, possibly thousands of people thronging him and pressing against him in this crowd, and he stops. He stops. And he turns to the disciples and he said, who touched me? And the disciples look at him and said, Jesus, are you crazy? There, are, there, is, a, there, are, there is a crowd of people thronging you, and you ask, who touched you? He said, and, and let me just elaborate on this. Jesus said, uh-uh, there are a lot of people touching me, but somebody just touched me with faith. That's right. Yeah. Somebody touched somebody just touched me with faith, and I know it because I felt it leave me when she touched me. Now think about this little woman. She's in the midst of this crowd. The rulers are there, I'm I'm sure. There are people from the temple there. And she's stuck in a problem now because Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? And now she knows she just was touched by God, and she was just healed. And thinking in in her, let's just assume, you know, let's put a little little life into the story but i would imagine that she's thinking to herself if i don't get up and say it's me he's probably you know it's a perfect chance that that i walk away and lose this because he's asking she knew it came from him but she also knows that if she stands up and proclaims what has just happened to her that she could be in trouble with all the rulers but nonetheless she stood up and she said it's me i'm the one and jesus turned to her and said to her now listen to what he says. Daughter, your faith
0: yes.
1: has made you well. Your faith has made you well.
0: Amen.
1: Daughter, your faith has made you well. So, so all these people thronging, Jesus, because see, I'll tell you what, when you, when you approach the Lord in faith, I'm going to tell you what. He, I not want to say it's going to get Jesus' attention, because we have Jesus' attention. But when we touch with faith, it produces things in our life. Just like it produced in that little lady's life. Just like, all right. So now, so now she, she gets her miracle. She gets her healing. She's healed. He tells her, your faith. Notice he didn't say, you're crying, you're squalling, you're, you're much praying, you're crawling on the floor, begging is what got you healed. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. Your faith is what makes you whatever. See, it's your faith that makes you well. It's your faith that gives you uh, whatever it is that you're looking for or needing or wanting from God. Your faith will make you well. Your faith will make you rich. Your faith will make you joyful. Your faith will make you peaceful. Your faith will make a happy home. Your faith will make whatever you put your faith on. Your faith has the ability to produce in your life. Are you getting that? Are you getting that? Daughter, your faith has made you whole, not your good works, not your, you know, not because you're so perfect, not because you're so awesome. Simple faith is what produced the miracle in her life, and simple faith is what will produce in you. So now let's get back to to Jairus. Jairus is in this crowd, and he says, Master, my daughter's at the point of death, come and he's probably trying to rush Jesus to his house and Jesus is stopping in the midst of this crowd and having this conversation with his disciples and with the woman. And I would imagine that Jairus is standing there like freaking out, like, come on, hurry up. She's going to die. If you only can get to her and lay your hands on her, she will live. So in the midst of all this, some of the people from the ruler's house, from Jairus' house, come and say, say to Jairus, well, don't, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. And I would imagine that, All life went out of Jairus' heart. But notice it said, immediately when Jesus heard the word that, that the people spoke from his house, he said to the ruler, Do not be afraid, only believe. That's a word for everybody here today. Whenever the bad report comes, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not give up your faith and trust in God. Just keep on believing because there will be a good outcome to your situation if you will maintain your level of faith and just trust God through the challenges of life. Do not be afraid, only believe. So now let's go through the rest of the story. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and saw the tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. Now listen, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead but sleeping. Verse 40, and they ridiculed him. So Jesus comes in, ready to perform a miracle, and what did they say? Oh, you're crazy, you're out of your mind, you're one of those Holy Ghost rollers, you're, you're, you're nuts, you're a tongue talker, you're a blah, 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 and, and just again, they got offended at him. And they could not receive and, and, and here they say they, they got, they, they're getting all worked up and, 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 and they've they ridiculed. And they said to him, you're crazy. The, the girl is dead. You're out of your mind. Notice the next thing that Jesus did when all of that unbelief and all of that, you know, all of that lack of faith came out. He said, but when he had put them all outside, I'm going to tell you what, sometimes, folks, you've got to just put the unbelief outside. You've got to drive those that are not believing with you outside, you know. You, you, you got to know who's who's standing in faith with you. That's why I say you better be careful who you're partnering with. You better be careful who you're par- where well, everybody's into this prayer partner thing. You better be careful who your prayer partner is, because if you're one that's going to pray with somebody and you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to believe with you. We're going to stand together and we're believing for something. Then I walk with say, Oh, I don't know. I believe with her, but I don't know if that's really going to come to pass. She's kind of out of her mind. I don't know. I don't know. I, you bet. Li- listen, you, you bet. If you're if you're going to pray with somebody, you better know that they're standing in the same kind of faith that's, that you're standing in. And if you're going to agree with somebody, you better make sure that you can agree with them, or otherwise you better just walk away and say, you know what, I just don't think I really have the faith to stand with you on. It. I'll pray for you, but I just can't agree with you. Does anybody get? anybody understand what I'm saying? Jesus put all of the unbelief. That's why I say sometimes, you know, things go wrong in our life. You, you're better off keeping it to yourself and keeping it to a few people who you can trust than going around and getting prayer here, getting prayer there everywhere you go. Give me prayer. Can you pray with me? Can you stand with me? I need you to pray with me. Can you, can you stand with me? And you don't know who you're connecting with and what, what you're agreeing with or what they're agreeing to. Jesus said, if two of you agree, all you need is somebody, a prayer partner that is a trusted person. Uh, Faithful prayer partner, a man or a woman who will stand in faith with you. If two of you agree, two. That's it. Touching anything that you ask the Father for, it will be done. It will come to pass in your life. He said. So you better be careful who you're. Who you're. Getting. See, that's why I like to say. we have these prayer lines. pray for me for this. Pray for me. And they keep coming back week after week. So say, man, you got to get over that stuff, man. You got to learn how to stand on your own two feet. Trust God. Get with a prayer partner. Believe. Believe God for the things. You know so Jesus got rid of all the unbelief. He chased them all out. And so he said, they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside, he took the father, verse 40, and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately, verse 42, immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. Oh, sure. All the unbelievers are now overwhelmed with amazement. People are going to be overcome with amazement when they didn't stand with you. They didn't believe you. They looked at you and said, no way. You, that's never going to happen. And God produces it in your life because of your faith. And then they're going to see you at the end. They say, Whoa. Oh, look at you now. See, a lot of people didn't stand with me. A lot of people didn't trust me or didn't believe in me. Not trust me, but didn't believe in me. Didn't believe that this would become a reality in my life. They, but look at me now, baby. You just look and look hard because it's happening and it's real. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Yes. So, so faith, see, people will do that. And they are overcome with amazement now. Well, thanks a lot. Where were you when I needed you to stand in faith? You see? And your faith will cause people to be amazed at what God will do and can do through your life. see? People look to me all the time and say, wow, that's awesome. This is awesome. That's awesome. You know what I say to them? I say, it's been a work of faith. It's just trusting God. You can do it too. You can have it too. It can work in your life. You just have to trust God. You've got to know the Word and put the Word into operation. Act upon this Word, and you will have really good results in your life. I don't know a person who's trusted God, lives this Word that doesn't have the results of faith to prove that faith works. Trusting God works. Trusting His Word works. But you know what the problem is? One of the problems is that we lack consistency in the body of Christ. Now, can I just talk about that for a minute? I know I've been preaching for a while, but that's all right. We lack consistency in our walk with God. We don't pray. We don't give. We don't tithe. We don't do anything to bless another life. We're not in the word. We're not excited about, you know, our our walk has become just, you know, know, go to church once in a while, go through the motions. I believe in God. See, I'm tired of hearing people say that to me. I really am. It's like, you know, well, I'm trusting God, I'm going to heaven, I believe in God. But brother, sister, there's more to this walk with God than just saying, I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to heaven, I'm, I'm going to be all right. There's more to this walk with God. First of all, you're missing out on all of the wonderful benefits that God wants to bless your life with if you will commit to Him and live a life of faith and trust in His Word. You see. And that's really what I want to get at because too many people... Have this false sense of security. And it's not it's not good. We need consistency in this stuff. You need consistency with God and His Word and faith. Be consistent. Trust Him every day. Pray every day. Be in the Word every day. Come to church regularly so you can get filled up and get touched and get blessed by the Word of God. Be a, be a, you know, be a Christian that is not just a talker, but you're a walker as well. Does so that make sense to everybody here? <laughs> That's what I live to do and to help people. It's sort of like the doctor giving you a prescription. He knows he knows what you need because he's you know he's assessed your case. He sees right. He 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 knows what the di he's got the diagnosis. He's done all the diagnostic testing that needs to be done, and he knows what the diagnosis is. And he gives you the prescription. And he said, "This is what you have to do in order to get well." And you take the prescription. You say, "Thank you very much, doctor." You pay the outrageous fee, and you walk out the door. <laughs> But you never fill the prescription. You never do what the doctor tells you to do. And you wonder why you're not getting better. You wonder why things aren't changing. Because the doctor told you what to do, but you're not doing it. See, that's how I feel sometimes. As a pastor. I know how to get I know how to get the blessings of God working in your life. I know how to get see, you know, manifest the, the things of God in, 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 because I've done it. and I'm doing it. But it's getting other people to that point where you will, you'll not only just be a talker, but you'll be a walker. You'll not just be a knower, but you'll be a doer. Because that's where the blessing comes. That's the doctor, that's Dr. Ray's. Dr. Pastor Ray's prescription that you, you need to be a doer